I want to talk about struggling. I think this is something that happens to, well, honestly, it happens to more people than we want to because we're all kind of caught up in the highlight reel of social media. I think we all universally understand that concept, or at least I hope we do, that social media is a catered series of images and posts, right? It's it's very rarely a full, real reaction. Nobody's posting an Instagram photo of their finger that just got chopped off, right? We're posting, like, catered content. And, and this, yeah, we could probably dive down a rabbit hole philosophically on this and talk about how we have created a world wherein we cater our own image and we cater our own, you know, facts and our own theories and our own opinions. And this is where echo chambers come from and everything else. And this is where our minds kind of get coddled because instead of being challenged by things we disagree with, we find things that we do agree with. And instead of facing dark sides, we just find the light side. So it's this whole like overwhelming power of positivity argument. And if, if I'm not making sense to you, then go back and listen to the backlog of the podcast because it really plays out almost all the time when I say it. But I have this issue, and I've brought it up a lot, about the power of positivity and then just, oh, I'm going to positivity through everything. I'm going to choose to be positive. And I want to get down to the real brass tacks for why I have a problem with that. And, and specifically, it is because I deal with a couple of mental health issues. I deal with clinical depression. I deal with post-traumatic stress disorder. I deal with anxiety. Um, yeah, I grew up in a pretty shitty kind of upbringing uh, for my mental health in a lot of ways. There were a lot of people who grew up way worse than I did, but there were things that had long-standing impacts on me um, and, and and just then played into me growing up and everything else. And I understand the whole past is prologue stuff. Uh, fucking ignore it. I, like, I really want to get down to the fact that I am not eternally positive, right? I'm not. I'm not eternally positive. I wrestle with depressive episodes a lot. They include a lot of mood swings. They include a lot of like non-movement and apathy. It's it's really crazy shit. Uh, and if you've never lived with me, you've probably never seen it because I've got very good at interacting with public and kind of keeping the fucking lid on the jar when I'm out or not going out when I can't keep the lid on the jar. And it's just bottom line. Right? It's just bottom line. That's kind of where I'm at. So we have this whole like, you know, social media, catered image, echo chamber, my own life, my own reality that I create for me so I can see everything that I want to see and the confirmation of the shit in the world that I want to see. And this is where it gets nasty because this does happen. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, I say this happens because it's happened to me. Okay. I'm going to break down for you really quickly this kind of cycle of, of how the power of positivity fucks with people who are stuck in negative places. Like, truly, I am. I'm actually going to deal with the fact that this power of positive thinking triumph bullshit fucks with people who are in dark spots in their lives. So consider for a minute the idea that somebody is struggling with something. Maybe it's a mental health issue. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's something else, but they're struggling with it, right? There has become this dialogue in modern culture, and it's well-rooted there, that we need to remain positive and shine our light and figure out the world and, and just cheer it all up, right? We're going to turn the light on and we're going to fix everything. And it sounds really good in theory. The problem is we often discover that we can't shine our light bright enough for that person to feel better. And so we bail on it with the biggest cop-out line in history, which is we type on our social media profile, I'm here for you. And the reason I say it's a cop-out is when you say I'm here for you, you put the weight of reaching out to you on the person struggling with the shit. You don't invest anything. You just let them kind of deal with it on their end. If they want to come to you, they can. And if not, not your problem. You've passed off that responsibility. 
And that sucks. And I live with this like daily. Lots of people do. More people than you would think of, think do. They live with this constantly, right? There's this consistent idea and struggle that, that people have a hard fucking time. And so we've created these ideas. And I'm probably going to piss some people off when I say this stuff. But we created this idea that I can tell you I'm here for you. I can tell you I'm here for you. And I can tell you that, that you know, I'm your ally. Which is just lazy fucking semantic arguments. Because you're basically telling me that you're there if I need you. But it's on me to jump in and tell you I need you. Does that mean everyone who identifies themselves as an ally to people like, for example, the LGBTQ community? Does that mean everyone who identifies themselves as an ally is a lazy bastard? No. But it does mean, and, and it prove me fucking wrong if you think you can, it does mean that there's a percentage of those people that do say, I'm an ally, put on the fucking safety pin or the ribbon or whatever the symbol is this month, and walk around knowing that they've done their part to check in and they've checked the box and that is it. That's the last bit of shit they're going to do with it. And it happens to people in depression. Now, that five-minute rant aside, what am I talking about? Five-minute rant aside, what am I really talking about when I talk about depression? So I've, I'm a multiple attempt at suicide. I have. My, multiple times in my life I've attempted to kill myself if you're just now listening to me. I, I struggle with depression all the time. I, I spent the last two months, like, let's just get real real. I've spent the last, like, two months debating if I even want to write anymore. Like, if I even want writing to be a part of my life. Think about that for a minute. How much hell must that raise in you? Do I really want writing to be a part of my life? Here's the thing I love. But I have this struggle because I have this voice in my head or this series of circumstances or these other problems that arise. And it becomes the easy thing to deal with because it doesn't pay my bills. And getting rid of the thing you love doesn't hurt that fucking bad when you're depressed because you don't value it. Some of you have probably just stopped and had a moment there. Maybe, hopefully, one of you's had a moment. So I've been wrestling with this for a couple months. Like, sincerely wrestling with this shit for a couple of months. And it's been bad, man. And I've been half in and half out of contact with people and, and maintaining steady relationships with very few human beings. Because, um, I mean, when I get really depressed, man, I just don't even like the concept of humanity. I really don't. You know, and I've kept it in the jar and I've recorded the podcast and I've gone out. And I guess if you want to go ahead and dis then devalue this entire line of argument right now, you can just say, well, Matt's been bullshitting me and move on. And, and maybe you're not wrong. I don't know. But the point is, is we stack up these ideas of, of, of overwhelming positivity of I'm here for you and we don't get into the nitty gritty to do the work with people. We don't have the impact. Right? We don't have the impact. You don't have the impact on an alcoholic by going, hey, here you're doing little stuff. Here for you. You got to actually ask how they're fucking doing and, and talk to them. They're, they're not going to always tell you about their alcoholism. Get that cornball shit out of your head, too. They're not, but at least actively asking, being involved in their life and talking to them and treating them like a human being is a shitload better than your social media posts generically addressing everyone going, if I know anybody struggling with mental health disorders, I want you to know that I'm an ally in your fight and I'm here for you. I really here. Because I'm going to tell you, I see dozens of these a day and get ready because if you're one of the guys on my feed that throws these out and hasn't said a word to me, I'm getting ready to call it. Here it comes on three, two, one. The post is bullshit. 
right? All you said was, oh, hey, yeah, I'm here for you, but I've never fucking talked to you about how you're doing, and I don't generally ask about how you're doing. But in the event that you do something to yourself, I want to know that I was covered by saying I was here for you. And is this a hard conversation to have? Hell yes, it's a hard conversation to have. It's not an easy conversation for a depressive who's had multiple suicide attempts to start engaging in. But it's an important conversation because we keep the same bullshit going all the time. Every time this year I hear these random bullshit text messages when people get some idea that, you know, well, I know the holidays are a bad time, so, you know, just to deal with your depression, I'm here for you. No, you're not. If you were there for me, you'd be there. You'd be involved. You'd be somewhere. Now, I know I've done like nine minutes of doom and gloom bullshit on this. And I've gotten really fired up because it bothers me. Because the reality is we have an issue with mental health in this country based on one thing. It's based on a bigger issue that we have a serious problem with compassion in the United States. We don't give two shits about one another for the most part. We care about the people in our immediate circle and then fuck everybody else. If you don't like it, deal, guys, because that's the place I'm in right now. (laughs) Just saying. But that's the problem. We have a deeper compassion problem. And if you can really look out the door and go, we don't have a compassion problem, Matt, then I would love to buy the rose-colored glasses you see the world through. Because we truly, truly do. But I don't want to be all negative today. Because I've started pulling a little bit out of it. Now, now I hit depressive episodes really deep and really hard. It takes me a very long time to pull out of them if they take root. It's just, it's always been my way, man. I stayed depressed and shitty and sad and fucked up for a long period of time. It it just is what it is. I'm used to it. I can't take antidepressants. There's a lot of reasons behind that. They're all medical. I could go into them, but you don't need that context. You just need to know that I can't take the fucking pill. Right? I don't drink because, you know, yeah, my mental health is not that great. The the point here is I want to talk about the things that did help. Right? I want to give you 10 minutes of doom and gloom, and I think I delivered that. I think you got me angry for 10 minutes. Good job. If you've made it to here, way to go. But I wanted to tell you, and look, because I talk to addicts and I talk to people with mental illness a lot when I do this podcast, because that's kind of where I'm at. That's my space, right? That and writers and creatives, that's, that's what I do, right? That's my spot. That's my jam. But I want to talk about something more than that, right? I want to dig just a little bit deeper than that. And part of that deeper conversation is to talk to the people out there. Look, I get it. Some of you guys are just saying, I'm here for you because you don't know anything else to do. So I'm going to show you what else you can do. And I'm going to show you because a couple of things really impacted me within the last like 48 hours. And you should hear about it. Because there's what, like, I went through a shit weekend. You can ask the girlfriend all about it. I went through a garbage weekend. I was not in a good place mentally at all. I'm I'm still not great. There's no, like, magic ring. We didn't slide the magic ring on Matt's hand and now he feels better. That didn't happen either. But we're doing better. And part of it is because of a couple things. So one, friend of mine, friend of the show, you know, I would go so far as to call this dude a brother, uh... David L. Simpson uh, proposed to, to his girlfriend over the weekend, which was super cool. And I got to hear about how he did it. And more importantly, I heard from him. He called me up to tell me about it. And I heard from him and he wanted to let me know. And here's what you guys got to understand. He wanted to let me know 
that the talks he and I have had about life and about shit other than just business and everything else, and 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 listening to this podcast a little bit and hearing me kind of rant and ramble on about these thoughts and theories contributed to his thinking that led him down this road. That does not mean that I am responsible for him proposing to his girlfriend because that shit's all on him, right? That's a decision he had to make. But it means that I was there and I was he, he was happy and the influence has helped. This thing I do every week helped. My conversations with him, as rambling and fucking out there as they can be, helped. That matters, right? Think about it. I'm here in a really low place and I hear, hey, by the way, the stuff you do, it helped. Here's this thing I was a part of. And, you know, you might have had like a tiny millimeter of a thing to do with it, but that was your tiny fucking millimeter and enjoy it. You know, thank you. That counts. You know why? Because it shows that we have worth. Because it shows that people have inherent worth and it shows that you appreciate them. Because the reality is being a creative on the best of days is really fucking hard. And being a creative with some mental health issues or an addiction issue or any kind of other shit, that can be even worse. And then combine that shit with this pandemic lockdown stuff and all this craziness in the world that is 2020, and it gets even harder. It just is where it is. Like, that's just the reality. You need to dig really deep and figure some shit out. You do. You need to dig really deep and figure some shit out. So... To, to David and Sue, his, his lovely fiance. Congrats. Congratulations. Hope y'all are enjoying it. That is the, the shout-out in the middle of me cussing like a sailor. Uh, I'm still going to take a minute to, to congratulate you on your engagement, and I hope you all are happy. Uh, and and Simpson, thank you for the, for the chat and, and letting me know and, and, and sharing that moment with me, because it helped. Because it helped. Thank you for being there. Not for typing a message on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or somewhere saying, I'm here if you need me. But for actually being there. Because each and every one of those conversations and each and every one of those things and each week that you were one of the people that downloaded this thing and listened to it, that was part of the deal. That was part of the thing. I appreciate it. You were there because you lived life, right? You kind of lived life with me instead of like just waiting for me to decide, oh, I need a, I need some help. Please come over here and contribute to me. I, I hate to interrupt. Would you mind putting everything on the back burner for a minute and helping me? Thanks for just being there day to day. And the other one happened this morning. I was looking through and I, I glanced at social media very sparingly, guys. I just, I can't deal with the highlight real bullshit, right? I just, I just can't. I kind of check to make sure every one of my friends are doing okay. Every once in a while, someone will talk about a friend they had who's sick or something. And I like to be able to reach out to them if that's the case. But by and large, I hate social media. I do. I just don't like it. It's just not a good thing for me. It's, I don't think it's a good thing for most people, but for me particularly, it feels really bad. So, I uh, I get on there and I've got a message on Facebook, which is unusual because I very rarely do. And it's a message from 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 my friend Ortea, who I who I play and played Taiko with. I used to play Taiko with because, you know, for a lot of reasons, she has issues like very serious issues with this coronavirus situation and just can't get out there. It's just not safe for her to come back. Even though we kind of started playing a little bit in November, like there's just stuff limiting her. And, and and I had written a piece about coming back to Tycho and published it online, and, and she'd finally gotten around to reading it. 
and and really loved it and just wanted to let me know how much it was there and thank me for writing and for being me and for all of this. And if I sound like I'm getting a little choked up, it's because I am. Because you know what? Here's the thing. Stop your social media posting about you're there. Start telling the people that you give a shit they exist. Start thanking them for being them. I'm fundamentally tired of this random check-in crap. Okay, we love to talk about investment and invest in yourself. Then invest in other people. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, relationships with people can be really hard and really messy. I've been divorced twice, okay? I know better than most. Relationships can be really hard and they can be really messy, but they're totally fucking worth it. And not just romantic relationships, like just personal relationships, but people can be messy. We're not clean creatures, guys. We're not easy. We don't fit inside the lines. But don't, you don't bail on your friends because they're addicts. Or because they're having a really hard time in their life. And if you do, then you're a shitty friend. And note, I say that understanding there's a fine line between trying to help somebody and letting someone drag you down to their fucking abyss. At some point in time, yeah, you do have to cut weight and swim to the surface. But guys, you know when that's come. If you've really been the friend of some people going through some shit, and you've been there going through shit, you know that there's that little bit extra you can handle. You're cutting that net way earlier than you need to. Why? Because you just don't need that shit in your perfect little sunshiny day. And that's fine. That's your decision. But eat me if I don't agree that you're awesome and you're there for me. Look, I get it. This sounds really self-aggrandizing. I understand. I'm kind of a depressive guy. Here's Matt on depression, bitching at me about not being there, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to open the door by casting the curtain on how I feel. This is open, man. This is about as open as you're going to get me behind a microphone most of the time. Right? Like, I've been struggling a couple months, dude. It's crazy. It's nuts. Just trying to hold shit together and make it kind of work. You know? Sometimes that's the best we can freaking hope for. But everybody's out there trying to do this, this like, I'm there for you shit and play these highlight reels. No one really seems to, to give a damn anymore. Like, guys, I did this whole, like, the, and I hate this project. And here, here's the announcement. I'm going to be taking this thing offline this year. But I did this whole 100 Connections thing. And I hate this project. And, and, and I love it and hate it. It's a true love-hate moment. I love it because it got me back to writing. I love it because it taught me some really good things. I hate it because it created this whole chapter in my life where I bought another bullshit story that I probably never should have. Here's the statistical reality. Over 90 of the people that I interviewed at 100 Connections don't speak to me at all anymore. About 90 of them don't say two words to me ever under any circumstance. So that's fine. That's your thing. You do what you do. But it, it, this idea that we built this thing up to be some kind of fairy tale where Matt made a hundred friends and everything was great. That's not what happened. Matt met some people and I decided to try to be positive on it. Are there things I probably would have done differently if I could go back? Yeah, maybe I might. I don't know. I, I think sometimes learning the lesson to just be positive and, and sit down and find some common ground with people instead of taking them to task was still a valuable lesson. That was good. But I think it was bad because I started buying into this BS about believing because that's like cocaine to me, right? I want to believe that I belong and that people care, right? Because I just see so much evidence that they don't. And guess what? I'm not the only person that struggles with clinical depression that feels that way. And the reason that I never reached out to you guys, those of you that are listening to this going, well, Matt, I said I was there and you never reached out. And the reason is because I didn't want to bother you. 
because at the time I didn't feel like I was good enough to talk to you about it. You were having a happy life and a good day. Why would I mess it up? Because that's what I did to everything, right? I messed it up. At least that's what the voice in my head said. So you never heard from me. And we lucked out that things changed and that suicide attempts weren't effective. But had they been better? Maybe. Did things roll a different way? Maybe. Is that necessarily your fault? No, I battle my demons. I battle my demons. If you've listened to this and you've axed out right now, you're probably the people who quit right now listening and didn't hear this whole thing out or go, well, Matt blames me for everything and he's got to pull himself up. You're absolutely right. This is me battling my shit. But you don't get to claim a medal in the war either because you just kind of stood by the sidelines and said, I'm here if you need me. Right? You didn't get involved. You don't get a ribbon. That's just it. Look, if you listen to me and you're an addict or, or you're struggling with some mental health shit or you're just in a hard place in your life, or you're just a creative trying to get shit to happen, or you're just trying to figure out any of that little stuff, look, I am here for you and you know that. I am 100% here for you and you know that. I love and care about each and every one of you, even though I don't even know who the fuck you are. But I also understand that I'm not good enough because I don't know who all of you are. That's what's so frustrating about this means of exchange, right? This is a one-way exchange. I don't know who every one of my listeners is. I don't have ways to check in on all of you. I just sort of do my best here and hope to God this is good enough sometimes and then play my hypocrisy out loud as I tell people, you know, don't just say I'm here for you. And I'm sure I know someone's like, Matt, you're saying you're here for people. Yeah, but I'm also involved in the lives of the people that I can be involved with. Oh man, this is the holidays. People are hurting. People are struggling. It's 2020. People are hurting. People are struggling. No one gives a shit about your, your politics right now when they're hurting. And maybe we should give less of a shit about that and more of a shit about other human beings. I don't know. I'm not. Look, if you're listening to me and you go, Matt said this, we're going to go after him, then, then go. Uh, fuck it. I don't have a following anyway. You're not going to hurt anything. But people are hurting. Hell, I'm still hurting. But I had enough of an impact on a couple of people and they shared that with me that I felt that today, when it was time to record the podcast, I had to get up and do it hurt. And I had to do the thing I really didn't want to. I got podcast notes for a whole different episode sitting here right next to me because this isn't what I wanted to do, but I can't get away from it. Like, this is just what had to be said. So I'll record it and I'll probably promote this one out on social media and take the shots from people going, well, Matt, if you really think about positivity, okay. And, and I'll get told I'm wrong because what do I know about living with depression? I didn't read the book right, I guess. The instruction manual was unclear. But look, if you're still listening to me and you've gotten through all of this, and you think people are hurting, or it looks like someone's having a hard time, or you suspect it might be, or you just haven't checked in with someone in a while, give them a call. Reach out. Don't post some fucking passive message to say you're there. Actually be there. Believe me, it's worth a lot. It's worth a lot. Actually being there. So anyway, um, maybe next week we'll talk about other shit. I don't know. 
but this this had to get talked about because there are just some people that are going to be hurting any given time of year, but the holidays always seem to be worse. And they shouldn't be a, a, a slogan for a nonprofit, and we shouldn't be doing twenty push-ups for you know twenty-two push-ups a day for twenty-two days because of veteran suicide. Like we should be picking up the phone and calling people and investing in other people, and not just investing because we think they can be successful or we think they can be big. We should invest in people because we love people. Like at the end of the day, that's what we should be doing. So if you're one of these people who goes talk about empowering people, connecting people, and loving people, and all this stuff, then do it. And if you are doing it, then great. I'm wrong and, and disregard. And if you're not doing it, then hey, this is the wake-up call to do it. Don't fire one text message and fucking ignore them. Have a phone conversation with them. Talk to them. Find out what's going on. Put your shit on hold and ask how someone else is doing. That, that right there, that involvement and investment, that is compassion. This kind of cold, callous empathy of, yes, I understand they're going through bad stuff and I have I have empathy for that, but I need to move on about my day. That right there is fucking bullshit. So choose compassion or choose fucking bullshit. Guess that's my Christmas message, huh? Choose compassion or choose fucking bullshit. Merry Christmas. I'm like a smoking Santa Claus. I don't smoke anymore, but you get the idea. It's an image thing. Anyway, I think I've just just spent myself on this. So until next time, I'm Matt, just a working writer, and this has been another confession. Shit, get out there and just be better than each other. Be better to each other, okay? That's your Christmas assignment. Get out there and just be better to each other. Till next time.